David was victorious in the face of defeat. His enemies were crushed like mud on a street. The wolf will live with the sheep and the leopard with the goat. A song of joy will be in our throat. So this week we have the end days of the holiday of Pesach. And uh, good moed to everybody. So... Um, as I said in last week's Parsha, there's no Cholomoed Shabbat. So we are only reading the first two days, which we read uh, over the weekend. And this upcoming weekend, we will read the Haftorahs for the last two days, the seventh and, eighth, and the eighth day. So getting right into it. So starting with the seventh day, this is in Shmuel Bet. And um, it's talking about uh, it, it it very closely parallels the Torah reading that we read on the seventh day of Pesach that discusses when the Jews were cornered um, at, the, at the Red Sea, when they were stuck between uh, the Red Sea and the Egyptian army. And they miraculously, the Kriyas Yamsuf happened, the sea split open, and the Jews were able to safely escape, and the Egyptians drowned. And as a result of that miracle, the Jews composed the famous Ashira Tayam, uh, the Az Yashir song, that is sung every single Shachrit and Davening, and it's also read on the seventh day of, uh, of Pesach. So uh, similarly in our Torah, it talks about the song of David, the Shirat David, that David, um, the commentaries say that David would sing this song every single time that he was saved from an enemy. And he was constantly facing massive enemies, even within his own family, external enemies and internal enemies. And regard, you know, despite all those enemies, even his own father-in-law uh, tried to, tried to uh, kill him. And he was victorious and he sang thanks uh, saying words of praise to God for each time that he was saved. Um, so interestingly also, this Haftorah is also read for Parshat HaZinu. Um, okay, so getting into the Haftorah itself. Uh, so David um, spoke these words of this song on the day that Hashem delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Shaul. So there's a couple of points on this. First of all, the Avtorah says that David would speak these words on the day that Hashem delivered him from his enemies. And the commentaries say that, um, that David was such a thankful person that he didn't even wait one day when something good happened to him. He immediately was appreciative for it. Davka on that day, specifically on that day that he was saved. Um, so on the very day that, that David was saved, which as I mentioned before was many, many times, um, he was saved many times from his enemies, and every single time on that very day he did not delay in writing a thank you note, so to speak, uh, thanking God, praising God for saving him. Um, so uh, um, it, another interesting point is David specifies that he's especially appreciative for being saved from his enemy Shaul. And who was Shaul? Shaul, of course, was the king prior to King David. And once King David took, uh, or once it was clear that King David was going to take the, uh, the kingship away from Shaul, Shaul became his biggest number one enemy. 
and the commentaries say the reason that Shaul was such an enemy to King David is because Shaul himself was a Tzaddik Gomer, was a completely righteous person. He made a couple mistakes, certainly, but he was a righteous person, and it's because of his righteousness, it's in the schut of his righteousness, um, in, in that merit, that Shaul was such a major enemy uh, to King David. It was bec- it was specifically because Shaul was such a great person that he was such a tremendous enemy against King David. And the, in, in Moed Katan, uh, it says that God actually was critical of, of David for um, singling out being saved from Shaul. Because as I mentioned, Shaul was a good person and he shouldn't have celebrated the destruction of a good person. Shaul died eventually, and uh, he should David should not have basically celebrated uh, Shaul's death because Shaul was, in fact, a great person. Even though, yes, it's true, Shaul was basically trying to kill King David, um, he still shouldn't have celebrated Shaul's death because Shaul was still such a great person. Okay, so the poem itself is extremely flowery and poetic, and I'll read some of the highlights from it. So the the poem, um, the, the Song of David, says, Hashem is my rock, my shield, my salvation, my savior. When the pains of death encircled me and godless men frightened me, I would call out to God. And similarly, this is what the Jewish people did when they were cornered by the Egyptian army and they faced on one on one side the Egyptian army and to their backs they were up against the uh the ocean up against uh the Amsuf and miraculously as i mentioned the sea split and the Jews were able to escape and uh this very uh this mirrors what king david is saying that uh the pains of death encircled me that basically all around i was st- stuck between a rock and a hard place between the ocean and between the Egyptian military. And regardless of which way I went, it seemed like certain death. And I called out to you, God, and God miraculously saved me every time. Um, And then the poem goes on to say that the earth quaked and it roared and the heavens shook and there was smoke that was in God's nostrils and flaming coals blazed out from God's mouth. So again, tremendous imagery, um, flowery, poetic imagery of basically this angry God coming down and saving King David from what seems like the circle of death. So God descends in dark clouds, um, and these dark clouds are reminiscent of the famous Anone Kavod, the famous clouds of glory that would follow the Jewish people in the desert, these dark clouds that would follow the Jewish people from every stop and protect them against um, against uh, the outside elements. And God would fly on the wings of the wind um, and the darkness would be made as shelters. And again, this is reflecting the Anani Kavod, the clouds of glory, the, these sort of these dark clouds that would hang over the Jewish people, and they would provide protection, shelter for Am Yisrael. So God thundered from the heavens and gave forth his voice, and from the depths of the sea became visible, and the foundation of earth became bare. And again, this is very similar to when um, the Kriyas Yamsuf, when the when the uh, when the Red Sea split and the bottom of the sea, 
the foundations of the earth, so to speak, became bare, became visible. Um, and God drew me out of deep waters. And again, uh, that's representative of Chris Yamsef when God basically brought the Jewish people out of the split sea onto dry land. And uh, it says that God saved me from my enemies for he desired me and God rewarded me according to my righteousness and he repaid me befitting to the cleanliness of my hands. What's interesting is David's hands are not so clean. David famously killed multitudes of people uh, militarily. He killed tons and tons of people in, in the military and his hands actually were covered in blood, so to speak. Yet God still um, repays him befitting to the cleanliness of his hands. Even if David's hands are dirty, God uh, basically saying that God might even send some criticism because David's hands are so dirty with blood, so to speak, covered in, in, in blood of military victories. Um, so then the Haftorah says, Im chasid tit chasid, uh, which means with righteousness, God's, God deals righteously. And the Aftorah goes on to say, with the corrupt, you act corruptly. And it has a bunch of different uh, sort of similar type things. With each different type of person, you act in that same way. Um, and then it says, Hashem is my lamp. He illuminates my darkness. Uh, God, God's ways are perfect. He's a shield for those that take refuge in him. So again, God is only a shield for those that take refuge in him. And God struck down my foes. They fell beneath my feet. And God gave King David strength. Um, and interestingly, it says, God taught my hands for war, but he also taught me how to lower the bow. So <clears throat> God teaches King David not only how to fight, but also how to know when to seek peace. Uh, and when to lower the bow, bow and arrow. So then it says, my armies turned to God, but God did not answer. I thought this was an interesting line. Normally a person could do teshuva. Normally a person can turn to God and God will answer. But um, for whatever reason, I'm not exactly sure why, but for whatever reason, King's, King, David, King David's enemies, they did turn to God, but God nonetheless did not answer. Um, and... Uh, uh, David says he crushed his enemies like they were mud on the street. And when foreigners heard about King David, they immediately became obedient to King David. They were terrified, even though they were in fortified houses, fortified cities. Um, even being in a fortified city, when you hear about King David's military victories, they were still scared. And I will give thanks to you, God, and I'll sing your name. God does kindness to King David and his offspring forever. So that's the Haftorah. I'll recap some of the major points. So as I mentioned, the we read in the Torah reading for the seventh day um, about the famous when the Egyptians chased after the Jews after they left Egypt, and the Egyptians cornered the Jews between on one side the ocean, on the other side the Egyptian military. It seemed like they were stuck between a rock and a hard place, and miraculously the sea split. And as a result of that miracle, um, the Jews sang Shiratayam Az Yashir. And similarly, our Haftorah is talking about Shirat David, Shirat David, the, the song of David. Um, and this song was sung every time that King David 
uh, was saved miraculously from his many enemies. Uh, and I said, we also read the Saftorah for Parshat HaZinu. So David speaks the words of, David spoke the words of this song on the day that Hashem delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Shaul. So I said, there are two points. The first is that on the very day that David was saved, he immediately did not delay in writing a thank you note. He immediately went straight away to uh, being appreciative for what God did to him. Um, the second point is David specifies that he's happy that he was saved from the hand of Shaul. And actually, Moed Katan criticizes him for saying this because Shaul was a tzaddik gomor. He was completely righteous, um, yet and and yet King David is is appreciative for the fact that that Shaul died. And of course, Shaul was trying to. Uh, was chasing after King David, but nonetheless, because he was such a good person, King David shouldn't have been happy uh, when Shaul died, and God criticizes him for that in Moed Katan. So uh, the poem's very flowery, very poetic. Um, it says, Hashem's my rock, my shield, my salvation, my savior. When the pains of death encircled me, godless men frightened me. I would call out. I said, this is similar to when the Jews were encircled by the Egyptian army on one side, the ocean on the other side. And, um, and they would call out, to, they called out to God and the sea split. And um, the earth quaked and roared, the heavens shook. There was smoke in God's nostrils, flaming coals blazed forth from God's mouth, and God descended in dark clouds. Um, and I mentioned this is like the Anane Kavod, the clouds of glory that were that followed the Jews, protected the Jews in the wilderness. Uh, these and, and so God uh, descended in dark clouds. He flew on the wings of the wind. And in darkness, he made uh, he made shelters. And I said, this is again, uh, like the Anani Kavod, that the darkness of the cloud was a shelter for the Jewish people. And God thundered from the heavens and gave forth his voice. The depths of the sea became visible, the foundations of earth bare. He drew me out of deep waters. He saved me from my enemies. Um, he desired me. He rewarded me according to my righteousness. He repaid me def- befitting to the cleanliness of my hands. I said that King David, his hands really weren't all that clean because he killed so many people in battle. And nonetheless, King David is still appreciative that he's judged according to the cleanliness of his hands. Then the Aftura says, Im chasid tit chasid, That with righteousness, God deals righteously. And the Haftorah goes on to say, with the corrupt, God deals corruptly. And Hashem is my lamp. He illuminates my darkness. God, his ways are perfect. Um, he's a shield for those that take refuge in him. God strikes down my foes. They fall at my feet. Uh, he, God gives, gives me strength. Um, God teaches my hands how to, how to, um, <clears throat> how to fight. But he also teaches me how to lower the bow, meaning that God teaches me, yes, when when and how to to, to fight in, in, in war, but he also teaches me when to seek peace, when to lower the bow. Um, my enemies turned to God, but God did not answer. I said, this is surprising. Normally, if a person turns to God, God uh, answers. Um, but for whatever reason, the enemies of David, when even when they turned to God, God did not answer. Um, I crushed them, God's, uh, David saying, I crushed my enemies like they were mud on the street. Uh, when foreigners hear about me, they become obedient. 
they are terrified in their fortified enclosures. Um, and I will give, I give thanks to God, uh, and I sing your name. God does kindness to, to David and his offspring forever. Okay, moving on to the next Haftorah, the next day, for the last day of Pesach. This is in um, Ishaya. So the Haftorah begins by talking about uh, when Sancherev, the evil Sancherev, was going to invade the city of Jerusalem, um, but he was miraculously killed by God on the night of the Seder. And uh, so Sancherev, he was, he was in the city of Nov, which, um, <clears throat> which is famous because the city of Nov, uh, before Sancherev existed, uh, the city of Nov, is, uh, King David went to the city of Nov to seek refuge, um, and the uh, the people there helped him. And when Shaul, the reason that King David was seeking refuge is because his father-in-law, Shaul, who was the previous king, was trying to attack King David uh, from taking leadership away from him. And Shaul was chasing after him, and once uh, Shaul heard that that uh, the city of Nov had helped King David, uh, Shaul ordered that the entire city of Nov is massacred, is massacred, and and Shaul killed the city of Nov. So as punishment, God allowed uh, the city of Nov to be overtaken by the evil nation of Sancherev, the evil the evil army um, under King Sancherev, and he stood in the city of Nov, and um, the the king San, king uh Sancherev, he waved his hand at Jerusalem he basically said eh, eh, you know what's the big deal about Jerusalem they're not so important um and he was so so confident of his victory of this little city of Jerusalem yet he was as i mentioned um his one his 185,000 soldiers were wiped out on the night of the seder and the commentaries say this is because he delayed by one day. His advisor said, the Jewish people are weakened. You can attack them today. But he waited uh, a little bit. And because he waited until the next day, um, he lost his opportunity and 185,000 of his soldiers were killed. And miraculously, the city of Jerusalem was saved. Um, And it says that God chops off their branches with an axe. And just like Sancherev, he was able to sort of chop off the other nations like an axe, but eventually God himself um, sent basically a, an angel to kill off his own people, Sancherev's own people, like an axe, uh, uh, cuts down a tree. Now, it gets, now, now the Haftorah moves to a more prophetic uh, vision of what will happen when Moshiach comes. So a staff will grow from the stump from the stump of Yeshai. And who is Yeshai? Yeshai is King David's father. And famously the um <clears throat> famously the the future Moshiach will come from the Davidic dynasty, uh meaning that he will come from the stump of David. And the reason the Haftorah uses this language, the stump of of Yeshai, is because basically that's all it is right now. Uh, the kingdom of David, of course, does no longer exist. It's just a stump. And, but but uh, the Aftor is promising that one day this sort of non-existent uh, stump that, it's, that's cut down, a shoot, a little, 
uh, sign of life will come forth from the stump, a staff, and will eventually uh, become the, 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 the fertile ground for the next Moshiach. So uh, then the Aftorah says that the Ruach of Hashem, the Spirit of God, will rest on the next Moshiach, um, and there will be a spirit of wisdom, of strength, and of fear of God. The Aftorah says that the that Moshiach won't judge according to his eye to his eyes or ears. Basically, he won't judge according to the evidence on the ground, but instead he'll judge according to the fear of God. So somehow the uh, Moshiach won't even need to see evidence. He'll just simply judge based on his own fear of God. So Moshiach will judge the destitute with righteousness, and he'll strike the wicked with a rod of his mouth, and with his breath he'll slay the wicked. And um, the Aftorah says that the that Moshiach will wear righteousness on his loins and faith around his waist. And this is kind of similar to Eshet Chayel, where the woman of valor um, wears not clothing, but certain personality traits, certain midot, um, as clothing, um, sort of basically they're who they are as people. They're, they're sort of wearing um, their, their ethics, wearing who they are, wearing their righteousness on their sleeve. Uh, the Moshiach will eventually wear his righteousness on his loins and his faith around his waist. And the commentaries say that this is clear, that the Moshiach, the Moshiach just is simply going to be a person, is going to be a man. Um, but that person will be so tremendous, will be um, such a tzaddik, uh, that he's going to be able to, he's going to be so true to his tradition that he's going to be able to sort of wear his righteousness on his sleeve, so to speak. So now we get to a very, very famous line that lots of people are familiar with, that the wolf will lie, will, will live with the sheep. The lion will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will live with the goat and a young child will lead them. And what's really fascinating, um, one commentary says that if you're Medayic, if you're, um, if you look at the words, that the way that it says it, it says the wolf will live with the sheep. And the word that it uses for live is ger. And what's fascinating about the word ger is it has the connotation of sort of being permitted to stay, being, being that a, 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 someone that's a ger is a stranger, um, is, a, is a foreigner. Someone that is not normally there, that's sort of just permitted. And ironically, the wolf, who you think of as dominant over the sheep, the wolf, it won't even be that they're on equal footing. Rather, it'll be that the wolf is almost sort of permitted to stay with the sheep in a twist of fate. Um, And the commentaries say that there's a disagreement among the commentaries of whether this is meant to be literal, that literally... Uh, animals that don't like each other, like wolves and sheep and lion and lambs and leopards and goats. Well, these animals literally live together um, in harmony at, in the times of Moshiach, or is it talking more about just the people that don't like the Jewish people? Um, all those anti-Semitic nations, are they going to be able to live with the Jewish people? Um, then the Haftorah says that a cow, a bear, a lion, a cattle that they're only going to eat hay, that basically everyone will become vegetarian. And um, and the, uh, uh, a baby will play by a viper's hole. And what's interesting is this sort of reflects what happened in Gan Eden, what happened with, with Adam and Chava, you know, the first two people alive, 
that they sinned with the nachash, that the snake, of course, famously convinced them to eat from the tree of wisdom, from the Itzadas. And, um, but, so what's it, what, what it's saying here is that a baby will be able to play with a viper. So the reason that the nachash, the reason that the snake, the viper, is such a tremendous uh, force against the human population is that the viper represents the Yetzir Hara, re- represents the evil inclination. But when the Mashiach comes, the evil inclination will be shechted, will be slaughtered. And um, once the evil inclination is slaughtered, then the viper isn't so dangerous anymore. The Yetzir Hara is no longer dangerous, and the baby will be able to play next to the, the, the viper. The viper, of course, representing the snake in the story of Adam and Eve. So the earth will be full of knowledge of God, like water covering the seabed. And the um, commentaries here note that the sea is full of underground mountains and valleys and, and caves and etc., etc. And so too, um, the more that a person toils in their understanding of God, um, then so too those people will have sort of a deeper ocean, so to speak. So every single person will have a basic knowledge of God, apparently, in the times of Moshiach, but someone that really plums the depths of understanding Judaism will um, will merit to sort of have a deeper understanding than the average person. So on that day, being on the day that, um, on, on Passover, on the day of the first Seder, and uh, on the day when Moshiach comes, which will be the same day, uh, so the descendants of Yishai, will stand as a banner for the people, and the nations will seek him. And the commentaries say what this means, the nations will seek him, is that everyone will try to destroy Yishai, that normally people don't really care about a king in some far-off land. But the descendant of Yishai, the future Moshiach, will be such a tremendous force to be reckoned with that every single nation is going to try to destroy him. And in the war of Gog and Magog, the famous sort of war to end all wars, um, that that uh, that once that once Moshiach comes out victorious, that it'll be such a hard fought war that his resting place, the Aftora says, his resting place will be glorious. And the reason his resting place is glorious again is because of all those victories that he had against all the nations that tried to destroy him in the war of Gog and Magog. So on that day, God will collect the Jews from all over the world. Um, it says Egypt, from Cush, from Shinar, from the islands of the sea, from all four corners of the earth. And the jealousy of Ephraim will stop and the oppressors of Judah will be cut off. Famously, Ephraim and, and, and the tribes of Ephraim and the tribes of Judah did not get along so well. And in fact, that's how the ten lost tribes happened. The tribes of Ephraim basically split off from the Jewish people. Um, so, the, but, but eventually in the times of Moshiach, Ephraim and Judah, both of those tribes will come together and will be able to um, come into Israel together as one unit. And God will dry up the Sea of Egypt and the Euphrates River. He's going to break into the streams. Sorry, he's going to break the river into streams and people will walk on to the land of Israel with dry shoes. They won't even have to get their shoes wet because the oceans, the, the, the Euphrates and the Sea of Egypt are going to be split, similar to how the way that they were split in the times of the Jews leaving Egypt. So then the Aftorah concludes by saying, Thank you, God, 
for you were angry with me. The commentaries say that it's even God's anger, even sort of the painful things in life that we go through in the times of Moshiach, we're actually going to be appreciative for those things because they helped us correct our evil ways. And God um, is my might, uh, my praise, my salvation. I'm going to declare God's name. Um, it is going to be praised and I'm going to make music for God. It's going to be known throughout the world. Uh, and I'm going to sing for joy for the Holy One of Israel is in your midst. And uh, to recap what I talked about, the Aftorah begins by talking about Sancheriv. When he was ready to invade Jerusalem, he was in the city of Nov. And I mentioned the city of Nov. Shaul massacred the city of Nov um, because the city of Nov helped King David escape from the wrath of Shaul. And as a result of helping King David, Shaul massacred them. Um, and so uh, in retribution for that massacre, uh, the um, Sancheriv was able to overtake the city of Nov and was thinking, was planning on easily invading the city of Jerusalem, the whole city, the holy city of Jerusalem. And uh, it says that um, Sancheriv, he waved his hand over Jerusalem. He, it was like it was nothing. He was easily going to get it. But um, miraculously, he waited one day too long and um and God basically came and killed all of his soldiers, killed 185,000 soldiers just in one night. And it says God will chop off their branches with an ox, that, with an axe, just as Sancheriv um, chopped down his enemies. Sancheriv and his military themselves, they will be chopped down by God. Um, and uh, so then the Aftorah goes on to prophetic things, things that will happen in the times of Moshiach that a staff is going to grow up from the stump of Yishai. And as I mentioned, Yishai is King David's father, and the future Moshiach will be a descendant of King David. So that's why it'll be the stump of Yishai. It's really a nothing. It's just a stump. But eventually, it will uh, a sprout, will a, a little shoot will sprout from that stump, and that will be the Moshiach. So the Ruach Hashem, the Spirit of God, will rest on the new Moshiach, and a spirit of wisdom, of strength, the fear of God, um, and this Moshiach won't judge um, with his eyes and ears, but instead he'll judge with the fear of God. The Moshiach will judge the destitute with righteousness. He'll strike the wicked down with the rod of his mouth. His breath will slay the wicked. He's going to wear righteousness on his loins and faith around his waist. I said this is similar to Eshet Chayel, where the woman of valor wears her character traits as clothing. And basically, that means that they're going to wear their emotions. They're going to wear who they are, who they are as people on their sleeve. They're going to be so, uh, that, that, that the future Moshiach is going to be so righteous that it's like he'll be able to wear his righteousness uh, as clothing. And then the Haftorah famously says, the wolf will live with the sheep, the lion will lie down with the lamb, the leopard with the goat, and the young, a young child will lead them. And I said, uh, an interesting nuance is that the wolf that will lie with, will live with the sheep. The word for live is ger. And the ger, ger has a connotation of sort of permitted to stay being, uh, it's sort of like a ger is a foreigner. Um, so a wolf will be sort of ironically permitted to stay with the sheep. They won't, they won't even be on equal footing. Rather, the sheep will permit the wolf, uh, to stay with it. Um, and then it says the cow, the bear, the lion, the cattle, they're all going to be vegetarian. They're all going to eat hay. 
Um, then it says a baby will play with a viper. And I said this is uh, sort of a reflection of Gan Eden with Adam and Chava, with Adam and Eve, um, right before the, you know, with, with the sin of the, uh, the <coughs> with, with the sin of the tree of knowledge, the Eitzadas, the snake, the viper, so to speak, the viper, the, which is representative of the Yitzhahara, um, convinced Adam and Eve to sin. And, um, but in the times of Moshiach, the, uh, the, the Yitzhahara will be shechted, will be killed. And as a result, um, the, the snake will no longer have the same power. That's why the baby will be able to play with a snake. Then, then it says the earth will be full of the knowledge of God, like water covering a seabed. I said, just as a seabed has, you know, mountains and valleys, so too those that toil in Torah will have sort of a deeper depth of knowledge of God. But everyone will have a basic knowledge because everyone is going to at least be covered um, by the knowledge of God, like water covers a seabed. So on that day, meaning on the day of Moshiach, the descendant of Yishai will stand as a banner for the people. The nations will seek him, meaning the nations will try to destroy him. And as a result of all of those military victories in the war of Gog and Magog, then the resting place, his resting place will be victorious. On that day, God will collect the Jews from all over the world, from Egypt, from Cush, from Shinar, from the Sea Islands, from all four corners of the world. Jealousy, the jealousy of Ephraim will stop. The oppressors of Judah will be cut off. So even though Ephraim and Judah didn't like each other and Ephraim actually split from Judah, eventually they're going to come back in the times of Moshiach and enter Israel as one. And then God will dry up the Sea of Egypt and the Euphrates River, just as God dried up the, um, the Red Sea when the Jews left Egypt. And they will break into the 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 rivers will break into streams, and the people will go on, uh, go into Israel with dry shoes. And um, then the Aftorah concludes by saying, "Thank you, Hashem, for uh, you were angry with me." So this is kind of a tremendous chiddush, a tremendous learning that um, even though that that basically God's anger, even God's anger, will be appreciated because it helped us correct our ways. And then it says, God's might, uh, God is my might, my praise, my salvation. I declare God's name um, and I make music for God that will be known throughout the world. I'll sing for joy for the Holy One of Israel is in your midst. Then I'll read my poem. So his enemies were, uh, David's enemy, sorry, David was victorious in the face of defeat. His enemies were crushed like mud on a street. The wolf will lie with the sheep and the leopard with the goat. A song of joy will be in our throat. And with that, L'chaim L'chaim, um, Chag Sameach, and this has been the whole Haftorah.